Thank you, Pastor Rick Mayo. And behind that introduction, I'm truly humbled, and I value our friendship. I counted both in signal honor and high privilege to have been invited back to preach at Standout in Spokane, Washington again. I believe this makes seven years in a row. Seven is God's number of completion. So maybe this will complete something this morning. And while I'm greeting the congregation, I want uh, my friend here to pass out some pamphlets that I have for this morning's message. You can pass one, take one down, and pass them around. While you're doing that, I want to greet all of my pulpit associates, men that uh, I esteem very highly in honor, great friends, great pastor friends. Brother, good to be with Brother Jess Parker and uh, all of these pastors, Brother Haddon, Brother Erpeldink, uh, Brother King, look at Brother Sargent, all of these great men. Man, to be here with uh, Brother Burgess and Brother Reese and then Brother Ballestero, Brother Neff back here. Great to see all these fine men. Let's give our pastors a great hand this morning. Isn't it great? Amen. And then... Last night, last night was a tremendous first night. It was a tremendous message by Brother Randy Williams, and that's a tough act to follow. And then following me this evening, it's going to be Brother Prado, and then tomorrow, Brother Jackson and Brother Marks. These are great men, and I just count it a very high honor to be numbered among them this morning. In our Bibles, let's turn to Hebrews 12:23, and to be here with Pastor Rick Mayo, a great friend of mine and tremendous pastor. He's a revivalist, and he is a visionary for the state of Washington. There's people represented here not only from the state of Washington, but across the Northwest and California and Calgary, Canada and then Idaho and different states, we're glad that you're in standout this morning. And we hope and pray that we'll be a tremendous blessing to you. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 23. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits, everybody say spirits, to the spirits of just men made perfect. And God bless you, you may be seated in Jesus' name is our prayer. A mighty wind blew night and day. It blew the oak tree's leaves away. It snapped its limbs and pulled its bark until the mighty oak was tired and stark. But still the oak tree stood its ground while other trees fell all around. The weary wind gave up and spoke. How could you still be standing, oak? The oak replied, I know that you can snap my every limb in two, carry every single leaf away, shake my limbs and make me sway but I have roots the oak replied 
stretched deep in the earth, growing stronger since my birth. They are the strongest part of me, you see. You'll never reach them. And now I know with thanks to you, I'm stronger than I ever knew. There's a reason for trouble in the life of a child of God. There's a reason. There is a divine design that God has planned in heaven for every little and in-between and big thing that we go through in our walk with God. And when we are introduced to trouble, and we face the fiery trials of life. There are spirits that are necessary that we need in our life in order to come through and to meet God's perfect design. I want to preach to us this morning not only about the reason for our trouble, but I want to preach to us about the spirits that we need when we get in trouble. Webster defined the word spirit, as you'll notice in your pamphlet, as the principle of a conscious life. It's the vital principle in humans. It animates the body and mediates between our body and our soul. The Bible speaks of evil spirits. Whenever King Saul had rejected the voice of God's prophet Samuel, the Bible says that God took from Saul his Holy Spirit and gave to him an evil spirit, which was a spirit of condemnation. Do you know that when God's not good enough for you and you don't like what God has for you, God will give you something that you don't like. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12, the Bible speaks of what we wrestle against. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. In 2 Corinthians 11 and 4, St. Paul wrote to the church at Corinth warning them about men that would come with seducing spirits and strange doctrines, heresies that would be taught to them. But he said, though they come with another spirit, try the spirits and believe not every spirit. There's a man in your Bible by the name of Balaam that could communicate with God and was used mightily in the gifts of God, but that was not God's Holy Spirit that he operated in. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Amen. But the spirit of Balaam was another spirit that God detested. In 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 5, the Word of God said, As Janus and Jambres withstood Moses and Aaron, that they came into Pharaoh's palace, telling them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel to let my people go. And whenever they would perform 
God's supernatural acts by turning the rod into a serpent. Janus and Jambres, the sorcerers of Aaron, of Pharaoh rather, could duplicate and could imitate the divine supernatural power of God, but only to a certain extent. There will always be, young man and young woman, there will always be the counterfeit median spirit that will try and imitate God's Holy Spirit. There will always be a false church that will try and contend with the true church. There will always be a false prophet that will try and contend with a true spirit-filled prophet. There will always be a false doctrine that will try and imitate true doctrine. Amen. But, amen, evil spirits can only mimic and imitate the Holy Spirit so far. And Paul told Timothy, he said, they shall proceed no further. And it wasn't until the point of the half of the ten plagues that God brought upon the land of Egypt that Janus and Jambres recognized when they could not transform the dust of the ground and turn it into lice that crawl, that this was the hand of God Almighty. Amen. Only the true power of the Holy Ghost of God can transform the lives of human beings. There are a lot of make-believe doctrines. There are a lot of false churches and false religions that are gimmicks in our society today that are not changing people's lives for the better, but they're just a step in the right direction that allows a man and woman to soothe and to salve their conscience and to feel good about their lives while they're still on their way to hell. Amen. In verses 10 through 11 of 2 Timothy, chapter 3 deals with nine things that will tell you the difference in the false and the real prophet. I'm thankful today that I'm among the true church and among true men of God. Man, not only, not only were these men representative of evil spirits, but there was also in Jude 11 through 13, the vestibule to the apocalypse. The half-brother to Jesus Christ himself wrote about the spirit of a man by the name of Korah. Korah who rejected the, he rejected the authority of the office of God's holy prophet and thought surely that God would bypass and circumvent speaking to Moses alone and would speak and move through Korah. But the fact of the matter is, young man and young woman, that when God has a message for you, he will undoubtedly speak through the man of God in your life to give you what God wants for your life. Be careful who you lend your ear to, young lady. Be careful who you lend your heart to, young man. People that would tell you, you don't need the man of God to tell you what to do. People that would tell you, you don't need the church to help you live right. You need to reject those spirits, reject the spirit of Korah, and you need to listen to God's anointed apostolic prophet in your life. Amen. They're evil spirits, 
They are seducing spirits. They are spirits that want to creep in among the apostolic church and destroy us from the inside out. It has always been and will always be, Pastor Mayo, a plan of the devil since he could not destroy a move of God to try and hinder one by those whose erratic and irresponsible actions accomplished from within what could never be comprehended from without. When the devil works, he's got to work within the perimeters of the church. He knows the Word of God better than you and I know the Bible. In Matthew 16, the Word says, The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of the living God. The gates of hell, it's an impossibility for you to come against the church from the outside in. So you know you've got to work from the inside out. Amen. I want to tell you, young man and young woman, that if you're going to fight the good fight of faith today, if we're going to contend with the evil spirits that are in high places, that are looking to destroy you and everything that means anything to you that's good and holy. We're going to need the spirits of just men in our lives. And when I preach to you for the next few moments this morning, I want you to light onto one of these spirits. And I want one of these spirits to light on you. I want you to know that if you're going to make it today, you need more than just the Holy Spirit of God. Well, there were men with the Holy Spirit that still went astray. But I'm inviting, amen, I'm calling on some spirits from history this morning to manifest themselves among the apostolic young people today. The first spirit that I want to preach about, amen, I've talked about the evil ones, but I want to talk about the spirit of a boy by the name of Caleb. Amen. Caleb was one of the 12 spies that, that Moses sent into the land of Canaan to spy it out to see whether or not it was a good land or a bad land. It was a fat land or a lean land. It was a land or a great walled city land? Was there great armies? And what about the wood and the fruit of the land? And ten of them, as you know, came back. They were crying and they had a negative spirit about them. But there were two boys. One of them was the name of Caleb. And he had the Bible said in the book of Numbers 14 and 24, God said he had another spirit on him. When everybody else said it's impossible to take the land of Canaan. Caleb said we be more than able when everybody else said there's giants in the cities. Caleb said I don't see giants. All I see is the power of God. When everybody else said let me preach to the church today. When everybody else says the days of revival are over and the days of evangelism is over. You've got to get the spirit of Caleb uh, that says uh, the days of revival uh, are not over, uh, but it's our greatest day. It's our finest hour. It's the best uh, that we've ever had. Uh, the darker the night, the bright of a light. When the devil does his worst, God invariably does his best. Amen. 
And if I could call down the spirit of Caleb in this house this morning and somebody could grab a hold of that spirit, amen, when the rest of the religious world says our society is a hopeless case and there's no way to win this lost and dying world, you ought to get a spirit on you that says we be more than able. We be more than able. We might not have any money, but we're more than able. We might not have any budget right now, but we be more than able. We might not have a big church building right now, but we be more than able. My mom and daddy might not be in church right now, but I'm more than able. My brothers and sisters, I might be the only one in the youth group on the front row today, but I'm more than able. I'm more than able. For I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Amen. There's a reason for your trouble, Caleb. There's a reason that there were seven commandments that God gave in Numbers 13 and 17. Amen. When God said, I'm telling you seven things I want you to do, there was only two of them that completed all seven of the commandments that Moses told them. They brought the wood of the land, and they brought a cluster of grapes on their shoulder. 100% obedience is required in living for God today. You can't have half the world and half a God. You can't look half worldly and half godly. You can't act half Baptist and be 100% apostolic. You need to get all together apostolic, all together holy, for God is all together holy. He's all together righteous, and he put his spirit in me. 100% obedience. Amen. Half enough is not good enough. Amen. I don't want to just talk about the spirit of Caleb, but let me talk about the spirit of Joshua. Amen. Joshua was one of the two that was 20 years old and up that entered the promised land 40 years later. Joshua said to the children of Israel around him, if you choose to serve the gods in the land of the Amorites in whose land you now dwell, or serve the gods that your father served on the other side of the flood. But as for me in my house, I want to talk about the spirit of Joshua right now. It said, as for me in my house, from the crown of my head to the sole of my feet, as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. If mama don't go, I'm going on anyhow. If daddy don't go, I'm going on anyhow. If my brother and sisters don't go. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're going to serve the Lord in good times and in bad times, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, for, for better or for worse, cleaving unto him so long as we both shall live. I made up in my mind, I'm going to live for God. I made up in my mind, I'm going to go to church. I made up in my mind, I'm going to be a soul winner. I made up in my mind, I'm going to be a prayer warrior. I made up in my mind, I'm going to be holy. Come on in here, Joshua. Come on in here. Come on, come on in here, Joshua. Amen. And to the spirits of just men, to the spirits of just men, to the spirits of just men made perfect. 
Hey, man, I want to talk about the spirit of Ruth. Hey, man, Ruth. Ruth was one of two women, uh, or two women in the Bible who had a book named after them. She was the only woman that was not a Jewess, but she was a Gentile, a Moabitess damsel. And when her, when her sister-in-law Orpha turned on her heels on the drab plains of Moab and fell back into the ranks of obscurity, went back into the city of Moab, Ruth got on her mother-in-law Naomi's neck and made a commandment to her and said, Entreat me not to leave thee, neither from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and whither thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God shall be my God. Some of you young ladies need to get the spirit of Ruth today. When everybody else says, uh, we're going back uh, to where we came from. We're going back. Uh, we're going back. Uh, we're going back. Uh, I don't know where you came out of, uh, so I don't know where you're going back to. Uh, but I know uh, you need the spirit of Ruth uh, to say, I'm going on. Uh, I'm not going back. I'm going on. I'm not going back. Hey, man. Now, let me just talk about the spirit of Esther right here. Esther. Esther was, was a divine. It's the only book in the Bible where God is not mentioned. And the spirit of Esther needs to come among our young ladies today. Whenever the prince of the eunuchs came down to all those hundreds of women that had one night with King Ahasuerus, she required nothing. She didn't need the jewels that the other girls had put on their ears and on their fingers and around their necks. She didn't need to paint her face uh, like a Jezebel uh, like the rest of the women did uh, you young lady uh, need to get the spirit of Esther uh, amen uh, you need uh, to be holy uh, for God is holy uh, you, ought to, you ought to desire uh, to have long uh, and uncut hair you ought to desire uh, to be shame faced uh, without, uh, without being painted up like a clown uh, if your boyfriend uh, needs all that to fall in love with you uh, then you don't need that boyfriend. Uh, but if you want a good man, uh, you need to find a man uh, that'll love you like you are without your hair cut and dyed, without your face painted and blotted, uh, without jewels on your hands. Uh, we need the spirit of Esther that says, I require nothing. Uh, I don't need what the world needs uh, to make me pretty. Uh, I don't need uh, short shorts uh, to show off my legs. Uh, I need a long dress uh, that'll cover up my legs. Uh, I don't need uh, skin-tight clothing uh, to win a boy. Uh, if you do that, uh, you're going to have to do that to keep him. Uh, but you need Esther's spirit uh, that says, all I need uh, is the beauty of the Holy Ghost. Come on, I need some young ladies that said, hit me, Esther. Baptize me with the spirit of Esther. Baptize me with the spirit of Esther. Baptize me with the spirit of Esther. And that ain't all she did. But if you're brave enough, young lady, to do that, if you're brave enough to not require nothing, you know what? Whenever, whenever her uncle Mordecai said, if you all together hold your peace, 
Don't think that you're going to be saved from the destruction of the Jewish people. And she said, ah, tell everybody to go on a fast. Tell everybody to start praying. And I'm going into the king's palace unsummoned. I might lose my life, but here's the spirit of Esther. If I perish, I perish. I'm going to be a soul winner in the halls of my school. If I perish, I perish. I'm going to be a Bible study teacher at lunchtime when everybody else is cussing and talking about rock music and talking about sleeping with their boyfriends and talking about the Friday night party. I am going to be a soul winner. And if I perish, I perish. If I lose, I lose. But I am going to get the spirit of Esther. Hallelujah. There's a reason for your trouble, Esther. And the reason for your trouble is, is that God's got to get you in the palace, take you away from your family, take you away from everything you've ever known, and get you in the palace. Don't question your trouble. Put a smile on your face and be a witness when you get out there in the palace and just have a determination that says, God must have me here on purpose. And had it not been for Esther, the nation of Israel would have been wiped out. They would have been exterminated by Haman, the madman Haman, the Agagite. But here's a girl by the name of Esther that says, I'm not afraid of Haman. I'm not intimidated by Haman. I'm not intimidated by the devil. I'm not intimidated by the world. They're their magazines uh, say this is what it takes to look pretty uh, but God's word says uh, this is what it takes to look pretty uh, the, the, a woman uh, shall not wear that uh, which pertaineth unto a man uh, for all that do so uh, are an abomination unto God uh, not with jewels uh, or costly array uh, or embroidered hair uh, but with a woman uh, that professes godliness uh, that's what God is warning uh, in the people of God today uh, young lady That'll be an Esther in the 21st century. Hey, man, I'm calling on some spirits this morning. Hey, man, I want you to light on some spirits right now. And I want some spirits to fall on you, young man and young woman. Now, here's the spirit in the book of Ruth. There was, in the book of Ruth, the story of the kinsman redeemer. We all know him as the man named Boaz. Boaz should have never been mentioned in the Bible. I want you to know that Boaz was not God's first choice. Boaz should have not been found written in the genealogies of Jesus Christ. Because the Bible said, if you look in the book of Ruth and the last chapter, about 12 verses up, that there was a nearer kinsman than Boaz. We don't know his name because the Bible doesn't see fit to call him by name. Because, because the, the road to hell is paved with people whose names are long since forgotten. But here's a man who's a kinsman redeemer. And Boaz goes to him and said, here's Ruth and here's Naomi. And you got the power to buy back the family farm. And here's what the man who's unnamed said. He said, I'm not going to buy them. I'm not going to marry this girl because I would mar my inheritance. I know people, amen, with a spirit.
that would come to church and be like us, but they don't want to mar their inheritance. They got too much going in the world for them. They got too much going on in the world for them. Can you imagine what kind of fool would say, I don't want to mar my inheritance? And Boaz says, that's all right, big boy. If you don't want to mar your inheritance because you don't want to marry this little Moabite girl, then I'll take her. And you know what? The Bible said that Ruth and Boaz had a boy. Uh, by the name of Jesse and Jesse had a boy by the name of David uh, and David had a son uh, 28 generations later uh, by the name of Jesus Christ uh, and Jesus Christ said uh, if you won't take them kinsman redeemer I'll take them there's only three women there's only three women named in the genealogies. In the gospel is according to St. Matthew. There's only three women's names that are called throughout all the generations. One of them was Tamar. She was a prostitute. One of them was Rahab the harlot. She was a prostitute. And one of them was Ruth, who may have been, but was definitely a Gentile. And here's what Jesus said. If you won't take them, kinsman, redeemer, then come unto me all ye that are weary and heavy laden. If the world don't want what we have, that's all right. It's just more for me. If the world don't want to mar their inheritance by being a tongue talker, by being a soul winner, by being a holy roller, that's all right. I'll mar my inheritance. I'll get rid of my inheritance. I'll get rid of my inheritance and take the inheritance of God. You better look out for that spirit. You better look out for that spirit that said, I don't want to mar my inheritance. Hey, man, you know what? The church is full of used-to-be's and has-beens. Used-to-be drunkards. Used-to-be drug addicts. Has-been adulterers. Has-been effeminate. And we're all a bunch of used-to-be has-beens. It's all washed up. All washed up in the blood of a lamb. For such were some of you. But you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified. And if your religion won't let you witness uh, to, the, to the prostitute, uh, then you got a wrong religion. Uh, if your Holy Spirit is too holy that you can't teach a Bible study uh, to somebody with a TV going uh, and a beer on the table uh, and a cigarette blowing in your face, uh, then you got the wrong spirit. Uh, but the Spirit of Jesus Christ uh, went to them uh, that were broken, uh, went to the prostitute, went to the drunkard, went to the blind, went to the lame. I thank God that this church wasn't so clean that it had to keep me out, but it was worthy. I was worthy enough. I was worthy enough to get invited to church. Mar your inheritance. Had an old boy come to church. An old boy came to church, and we had one of those services like we do every service. It was about 900 miles an hour. And folks was running and cutting cartwheels and jumping pews. And bobby pins was a-flying. And hair was a-shaking around. And this old boy, 
that was too stiff and starchy for my taste anyhow, sat on the front row with his shiny shoes on, so shiny you could comb your hair and brush your teeth in them pretty little things. Hey, man, I don't mind telling you I'm scared of men that's got shoes too shiny that they can't shout in them. You need to get you some high heels and pantyhose, boy, and man up. <laughs> Lord, I feel my preach coming on now. I said, I feel my preach coming on now. He said, you know what? I'd come to your church, but you're going to have to tell them people to start running the aisles. One of them put a scuff across the top of my shoe. Look at that. When they was running the aisles on that front row. I said, thank God uh, you can forget about that because uh, we ain't going to stop running for you. Uh, we ain't going to stop running for you uh, if you don't think. We ain't going to stop running for you. I ain't going to stop running for you. I, you don't know where God brought me from. If you knew where I was when God found me, you'd understand why I run. You understand why I shout. Hey, we need to get the right spirit. You don't want to mar your inheritance. Hey, man, you don't want to mar your inheritance with the apostolic church uh, because we shout and dance uh, and slobber and cry uh, and we kick up a good time. Uh, you know what? Uh, you go ahead and keep what you got uh, and let us have what we want uh, because we're pleasing God. This church was started by 120 drunkards. They were so drunk uh, that they spoke in another language. Uh, they were so drunk uh, that they prayed for 10 days straight. They were so drunk uh, that fire set on their heads. Uh, I'd whole lot rather be uh, with 120 drunks uh, than I had be with 5,000 stiffs. Uh, that is too stiff and starchy uh, to have a move of God. If Jesus walked in, uh, he wouldn't be welcome. But thank God, I'm willing to mar my inheritance. Reason for my trouble. Take it, old boy. Hey, man, there's a reason for my trouble. Look at your neighbor, tell him there's a reason for my trouble. Number one, the first reason for my trouble is, is that i got to get the spirit of Job. Job was the wealthiest man in all the East. He eschewed evil. I'm a preacher. Give me time. Hey, man, uh, he, he hated evil. He claimed to that which was good. He prayed to God always. Job was the most upright man to have ever lived, contemporary with Abraham about Genesis 12, the oldest book in the Bible. Did all that without a Bible, without the written law. And God, hey man, he sees the devil and says, the only reason old boy serves you is because you blessed him. And God says, I'll give you permission. Take everything he's got, but don't touch his life. Hey man, the mayor and governor has come by our building in the past 60 days. Two and a half million dollars damage. Uh, 450 sheets of drywall ripped out. You could stand and see 600 feet from one end of our building to the other. Nothing but daylight. And they came in and said it breaks our heart to see your life out on the curb. Hey man, 1,200 feet worth of what they call life. Six to eight foot high of pews and a heap of huddled ashes and, and molded drywall and wood and doors and couches and everything that goes in the fixtures of a building, carpet, 
the finest of materials in a building. And, and I said, I'm sorry. They said, yeah. He said, we see your life out on the curb. I said, Jesus said, beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he may possess. And they looked around and saw about a hundred men working as soon as the water subsided. And they said, where's all these folks are coming from? Don't they have their own houses to take care of? I said, listen, mayor and governor. I said, none of these people's local people. These is people from California. There's people here from Russia. There's people from the Philippines. There's people from the Marshall Islands. There's people from there's people from Canada they said what's going on I said this is the church and this is our life you better get you a church you better get you a life amen and Job said just don't touch his life my life took all his camels took all his oxen took all his sheep took all of his children seven sons and three daughters sat down uh, in a in a heap of ashes and scraped pus filled boils from the top of his head to the sole of his feet and said the lord giveth and the lord taketh away but blessed be the name of the lord uh, but job listen to me i said job listen to me there's a reason for your trouble and the reason for your trouble is uh, is that god wants you to die. If Job had 500, God gave him 1,000. If Job had 3,000, God gave him 6,000. If Job had 100, God gave him 200. There's a reason for the trouble that I'm going through right now. God wants me to double. God don't want me to back up. God wants me to double. And since the waters went down on the, on 9323 Hooper Road in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, they thought, amen, three weeks without a church service. The only ones in the church the first Sunday was myself and my wife. Didn't even know where my son and daughter was. Didn't see them for two days, stuck on the other side of the rivers that had flooded. Amen. And my wife and I sat there and said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. Let's go to work. Let's go to work. And since that time, not one, not two, but the first service back in church, 15 people got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And 60 days later, 72 people has got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you that God has healed cancers every service. And God has healed sugar diabetes every service. Your trouble is not to destroy you. Your trouble is to double you. Your trouble is so you can double. I want to double. I want to double my anointing. You can't talk about that without the spirit of Elisha. Elisha said to Elijah, Elijah comes by and throws his mantle on Elisha. And, and you know what? Elisha's out there in the field working. We need some young men that's going to get out in the field and go to work. You need to get out in the field and go to work. Every sermon I ever got 
was when I was out in the field working. Every good thought I ever got was out in the field when I was working. Amen. Some people get it on their face in prayer. It's not me. I'm not knocking that. But everything I do, I got. To, I average 16 miles a day walking. Amen. And I'm working and I'm working and I'm working in the field. And Elijah's looking for a, for a successor. And he comes by Elisha. And he's out there in the field working. He's got 12 yoke of oxen moving at his command. He'll move his pinky finger and they go left. And he'll move his thumb and they go right. 24 beasts of burden. Amen. Under the command of God's holy prophet. God's looking for a man that can handle a lot of burden today. Amen. God's not looking for boys. But God's looking for men that know how to handle the pressure of anointing. Know how to handle the pressure of intimidation. You need to know how to handle the pressure of the world when it comes on you. I wouldn't give you a dime for a religion that couldn't allow me to go through trouble. Amen. And he dropped that mantle on him and he took those 24 beasts and he cut them in half and he took those yokes and he burned them on the altar of sacrifice and he said, I'm going with you, Elijah. Elijah said, what is it that you want, boy? He said, I want what you have times two. I want a double portion of thy spirit. I want double or nothing. There's a reason for my trouble. Is God wants me to double. If we're going to preach to Spokane, Washington, and Calgary, Canada, and, and Oregon, and all of our states of labor, we're going to need a double portion of the spirit of our predecessors. We need a double portion of verbal being spirit. We need a double portion of Joe Duke spirit. We need a double portion of Carl Ballesteros spirit. We need a double portion of everybody's spirit, of I.H. Terry's spirit. We need a double portion of B.A. Spell spirit. We need a double portion of A.D. Urshan spirit. If we're going to be what God wants us to be, we need double. We need twice as much. That's why we got so much trouble so we can double. The second reason, amen, was Daniel. Not only did God want to double you in your trouble, but Daniel, the only man in the Bible who said it had an excellent spirit in him. And when this word come out, you got to quit praying. You know what he did? He prayed as he did a four time. The second reason for your trouble is when you go to the den of lions with hungry man-eating lions in there, and you come out. The king says, is you all right? He said, king, live forever. That's what I was waiting to hear. And the king took all the enemies. The king took all the enemies of Daniel and said, now you're going in the den of lions. The second reason for your trouble is so God can destroy your enemies. So God can shut the mouths of your enemies. And folks said, we never build a church on bus ministry. And folks said, we never have a multicultural church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Not only do we have a multicultural church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, but there's 17 nationalities in Baton Rouge, Louisiana at Life Tabernacle when everybody's got an all-white church and everybody's got an all-black church and everybody's got an all-brown church. I said we want an all-Jesus church where everybody's welcome. They said you'd never do it, but my enemies is getting killed right now. They're having to eat crow right now. They're having to go through the den of lions themselves right now. 
You can't have a big youth conference uh, where you preach against television, uh, where you preach against sex-drenched movies. Uh, You can't have a big conference uh, where you preach against uh, whatever we're against uh, and whatever we're for. Uh, But take a look around here, devil. Uh, I'm killing you right now uh, with the spirit of Daniel. Uh, Just take a look. 100, 200, 300, 400, 500, tongue-talking, holy rolling, aisle-running, foot-stomping. Devil chasing, devil hating, devil hating, people of God. That's all right, sister. Cut another roll for Jesus. Somebody run an aisle for Jesus. Somebody cut a flip for Jesus. Come on, we need the spirit that's going to destroy our enemies. Oh, Yavakosaha. Oh, somebody give the Lord high praise with me. Somebody give the Lord high praise. Yo, yo, Hallelujah. The third reason for my trouble and the spirit that I need is not just Job's spirit and not just Daniel's spirit, but I need the spirit of the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. King, you listen to me. You can play the music all you want. You can give me a second chance all you want. But we're not going to bend our knee. We're not going to bow down and worship your image. We're not going to accept your same-sex marriage. We're not going to accept your lesbianism. We're not going to accept your homosexuality. We're not going to accept your drunkenness. We're not going to accept your drug addictions. We're not going to be entertained by the things of this world. We're not going to be in love with the world, by the things of the world. For God will not love us, but we love the Lord with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our strength and all all that is within us. Play it all you want, but I'm not bound. And, and he said, I don't think you understand. The furnace is going to get heated up seven times hotter. Go ahead and heat it up all you want. And the Bible said that the men who threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fiery furnace, uh, they were scorched and burned to death. Uh, because what we can handle, the world can't handle. The world can't handle trouble. Some of them lost their business in the flood. Some of them lost their home in the flood. Some of them put a gun to their mouth. Some of them moved up north and folded up for business. Uh, But the church uh, is still rocking on. Uh, Amen. Uh, Because what destroys our enemies uh, is not going to destroy the people. I see one in there. I see two in there. I see three in there. But what's that I see? I see a fourth man in the fire. And it looks like the Son of God. The reason for your trouble is to let you know that God is in the fire with you. He's not going to leave in there by yourself. Come on out of there, boy. The God that they serve is now everybody's God. The reason that God's given us so much trouble is so we can convert the entire city, convert the entire neighborhood, convert. That's why God put them in the fire to convince everybody that God be for us. Who can be against us? Whoa. Ha <laughs> ha. 
Come on here. Come on, Hoffer. Bring me, bring me my bag of goodies here. Brother Jeff Holy Ghost Radio Hoffer is one of the greatest evangelists of the 21st century. He's responsible for evangelizing the world. What you're hearing right now, they're hearing on seven continents across the globe right now. We'll talk about an evangelist. Amen. Take them out of there for me. You ask me why, why I've got this spirit of recklessness on me today. Amen. Two and a half million dollars in damage on the corner of 9323 Hooper Road. Uh, just last week, every week a bus breaks down. Fifteen buses. The first week, uh, half of them wouldn't run because of water in engines and transmission. You know what we did? We ran our bus routes anyhow. And, and every Sunday, a new transmission goes out. $8,000 every time. FEMA is not helping us. Insurance is not helping us. Somebody said, we feel sorry for you. You're not getting no help. I said, don't you understand that I'd a whole lot rather have God helping me than I had the world helping me. Hey, Amen. I said, don't you understand? Hey, Amen. Untie them shoes for me if you would. Now, now, there's a reason that I'm so happy this morning. Because it's been 60 days since those 42 inches of water went down in Baton Rouge at Life Tabernacle. And every day, not only we had 72 to get the Holy Ghost, not only we had cancers healed and heart disease healed and marriages and backsliders coming back by the dozens because trouble can drive you to the church. But every day that I went out there to the mailbox, every day that I went out there to the mailbox, amen, there was a check in there. There was a check in there, amen, and we hadn't made a loan just yet. Help me put that shoe on, Hoffer. Amen. Get it on me. Get it on me. That's my dancing shoes. Amen. Put that on me. A little bit harder. Hallelujah. Don't be afraid to hurt the feet of the preacher. Hey, man, almost got it. Almost got it. Like shoeing a horse. He's stubborn. Amen. But every day, I want you to know why you're still in existence today because of the people that sees the need and your burden. Amen. But every day, I go out to the mailbox, and there's been a check in there that's been just what we needed to get us through the day. We needed drywall. There was a check in the mailbox. We needed a bus transmission fix. There was a check in the mailbox from you and from you. And from you, and from you, and from you. You ask me why I'm happy today? I got the spirit of David on me. And when the spirit of David comes on me, I'm going to dance like David danced. I'm going to dance like David danced. When the spirit of the Lord comes upon my life, I'm going to dance like David danced. I'm going to dance like nobody's watching. I'm going to dance like I've got the Holy Ghost. Shh. Oh, boy. Hey, man, we've had a lot of thieving and looting. So I was running a forklift up and down in front of the church property, moving material. hundred men working out there. And a woman, a woman showed up, and she pulls up to my driveway and gets out, and I see her. She's got on slacks, short hair. She's not a, a church woman. And I blew the horn at her, and I said, you know, who are you? What's going on? Well, nobody's in my house. It's unlocked. People's stealing left and right in broad daylight, a lot of looting and trouble. And she ignored me and kept walking. I don't like it when people ignore me. Hey, man, it, it upsets me. And, and I didn't pay no mind to it. She walked up to my door and put an envelope on my door latch. 
and come back down and got in her car and sped off. I said, old hussy stuck up, won't even talk to me. Amen. Late that night, Cheney comes home and puts that envelope on my desk. Late that night, whatever night it was, up in the midnight hour, I kicked my feet up on the desk and opened that envelope. And that woman had brought a check for $25,000 and put it. A company I used to work for, Fortune 500. She didn't want the credit. She just let me know that God can turn the hearts of a wicked king. And God... That ain't all. I went to the mailbox. I went to the mailbox. There's a reason for your trouble. I went to the mailbox, and I was on an orange coyote tractor. Had a front-end bucket on it and some implements on the back. I, I shot across five lanes of traffic like I own the city. The city belongs to me. It don't belong to the devil. It don't belong to the Catholic. This city belongs to you. My city belongs to me. Your city belongs to you. When I die, it'll belong to somebody else. But right now, it's my city. I got out there in a stack of mail, and one of them was from the Baptist church in the city. And I opened, I said, what's the Baptist trying to send me? Maybe they're upset at me or something. I opened up that, that Baptist church envelope and had a check for $5,000 written to me. I got so excited I threw the tractor in reverse and run smooth over the mailboxes on the side of the road. Had to purchase new mailboxes. I want you to know there's a reason for your trouble. And the reason is is that my God shall supply all your needs. Don't worry about your trouble. Just keep on doing what you know to do is right. She said, two Tuesday nights ago, I said, we got all these pews. Not only do we have to replace our pews, but we blew out four walls and said, we got to have a bigger church since we're here. Let's just make it bigger. Amen. We might throw up one in the back before it's over with. I said, I done paid for the pews, but I'm going to let the church do what they want to do tonight. Anybody wants to donate a pew, stand up. Before the service was over in five minutes, Everybody stood up and and bought every pew. Every pew was paid for in about five minutes' time. I said, God, we had Brother Trailer, had Brother Trailer was preaching for me uh, on a Tuesday night. The Holy Ghost said, go put $1,000 in his pocket. I said, that's the last $1,000 I got. He said, don't argue with me, boy. Do what I said. I took the 10 $100 bills while he was preaching and shoved them in his coat pocket and said, the Lord just told me that a blessing's coming my way that's going to blow my mind. That Sunday morning, old girl came to church. At the end of church, she said, I want you to know that I'm giving you $100,000 to pay for all the pews. I know better than to argue with God. You know what? Because the spirit of David is here. And when everybody else is hiding in the tent and they're scared of Goliath and everybody else is waiting on FEMA and everybody else is waiting on an insurance adjuster, the apostolics uh, is rocking and rolling. And David said, uh, I'm going to come out there and take your head off and I'm going to feed you to the birds. We need to get the spirit of David. Get the spirit of David. 
whole girl got offended at him because he was dancing in a linen ephod. And you know what? Praise always precedes the presence of the Lord. The ark represented the presence, and David's dance represented praise. If you want the blessings of God in your life, just start praising the Lord. Get your shouting shoes on. Get your dancing shoes on. Tell him, look out, neighbor. Look out, neighbor. Come on. Look out, neighbor. Turn to your neighbor right now. Turn to your neighbor right now. Turn to your neighbor right now. And say, neighbor. Come on. You're acting like you're from the northwest. Act like you're from the south. Say, neighbor. Say, neighbor. Move over a little bit. Move over a little bit. You're right in the middle of my dance floor. You're right in the middle of my dance floor. Move over a little bit. You're right in the middle of my dance floor. I want the Spirit of the Lord to come on my life so I can shout. I can dance. Come on, young people. You need to get the Spirit today. Come on, Caleb. Come on, Joshua. Come on, David. Come on, Ruth. Come on, Esther. Oh, you ain't having fun yet. But if I tarry long, 1 Timothy 3 and 15, but if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God. There is a spirit of behavior that goes on in the church. It's not talking about stop chewing gum and stop passing notes and going in and out to the bathroom and texting on your phone. But the scripture says that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself. When I am dancing, I'm behaving myself. When I clap my hands, I'm behaving myself. When I talk in tongues, Hey. Oh, I feel like getting crazy today. I feel like getting crazy today. When I get up on the pulpit and I dance, I'm just behaving myself. Hold it for me. You're right in the middle of my dance floor. Somebody ought to dance like you got the Spirit of the Lord. Somebody ought to shout like you got the Spirit of the Lord. When the Spirit of the Lord comes upon my 